The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Full Sport Press. to the Full Sport Press Podcast, featuring hosts Jay Hove, Chef, Wheezy, and Coach Locke. Please enjoy the show. Greetings and salutations. I would like to welcome everybody back and some of you for the first time to the Full Sport Press Podcast, the premier sports podcast for the consummate sports fan. And this is your one-stop shop for all sports-related news and topics. I am Jay Hove. Boy, Big Joe. Wheezy in the building. Say what's up, Wheezy. What it do, what it do, what it do? What's going on? Because like back in the city was happening, what's happening with y'all boys, man? Y'all good? For sure, man. Episode 329. We are, again, holding ourselves accountable, Jeff, as we unveil five players. We were 100% wrong about when they left college heading into the NBA. FSP style. Uh, let's kick things off, man. Best of the week, what you got? Man, my best of the week is a uh, shout-out to the alma mater, Tennessee State, and Coach Penny, a good friend of the show. Uh, one of the top 20 players in the class of 2022, Sky Clark, has announced his final eight, and the great Tennessee State University is among that final eight, which includes other schools like Memphis, Kentucky, Michigan, UCLA, Oregon, and USC. So that is real big for our HBCU to be on the same list as those big time programs. Sure, man. Shout out to Coach P, man. That's a big find for the for the university and well as his basketball program for sure. Now we gotta find a way to get in that top two. And then we get that number one spot, we'll be good for sure. Yeah, right. Best of week for me was I I did not I did not consume not one bit of ice cream this week. Didn't do it. Good job. Good job. It. But it's the weekend, so week's over. Man, uh, shout out to the On Deck TV Hip Hop Podcast. They do a, a show called Instant Reactions after the uh, versus battles. And uh, shout out to Instant Reactions this week. So if you got time, just go to the On Deck TV uh, Instagram page and watch the Instant Reaction from uh, the battle from between 2 Chains and Rick Ross this Wednesday. Good stuff. That's all I'm going to say. Fun time. Fun time out there on the ledge. Uh, best of the week for myself. Uh, bring back a little bit of nostalgia two weeks in a row. Old episodes of MTV Cribs are available in their entirety on YouTube. You simply search MTV Vault. They have every episode. Dude, like, I didn't know how cool 
some of these houses were 2003, 2004. And then how cool I thought some of these people were. And now you don't even know who, where the hell they are anymore, man. So just to see Bow Wow's MTV Cribs and he had Lou Will there with him. And it was just to see that just brought back so much nostalgia. Uh, quarantine finds are the best, man. I'm on, I'm two weeks in a row. Def Comedy Jam, then this, man, look, man, I'm finding them, dog. I am finding them. Let's kick it off with you. Worst of the week. What you got? Oh, uh, worst week for me, uh, the Congress, uh, they didn't come together. <laughs> Let's just say that. I'm going to stop watching that shit. Don't see me no more YouTubes about uh, whatever happens, happens. <laughs> I don't give a shit anymore. I don't. Mm-mm. Ain't that funny, Jeff? Ain't that damn funny? Yes, no, I'm not uh, laughing at the situation, sir. I'm laughing at the fact that how you are upset with it. No, nah, the situation <laughs> is dire for some people. No, nah, but I know people that's really, really, this is really, like, their livelihood is in, is up in arms right now. You know what I'm saying? So, no, nah, the situation not funny at nah, all. You're fed up. And that's, that's yeah. what I'm They playing with the church's money. <laughs> Coach Lock, what you got, man? <laughs> Man, uh, seeing Deion Sanders chastising athletes for opting out of not playing in the NFL, man. Come on, Deion. You know, you had your time. You played. I understand you old school, but these guys, are they're opting out because of their families, man. You can't chastise people for opting out for the safety of their family. You know, I understand that 100%. Now, maybe he's doing this because he's saying he knows that you know, the money's not always going to be there, and some of these players need the money. I hope that's where he was trying to go, but he didn't really elaborate on it. But you can't chastise anybody for protecting their families and their health because the NFL is not really protecting or saying how they're going to protect and keep them safe. It's different, man. People, Everybody look at stuff different, man, especially if you're from a different generation. That's a whole other conversation. Jeff, what you got? Worst of the week? Uh, it's kind of what Locke said, but I'm gonna I'm gonna switch mine a little bit, change mine to the Bills Mafia. Leave Tre'Davious White alone. Like, look, look, we need him. Like, let if he wants to play, if he wants to take a year off, let him do it. He come back and still be one of the best corners in the league when you know this is over with. Leave him alone. <laughs> like, don't mess up. Please don't mess this up. We want him to sign back, have a long, prosperous career in Buffalo. Hey, Tre'Davious. Come on to San Francisco. We'll let you sit this year out with glad. <laughs> My worst of the week, man. Oh, yeah. So um, I was talking to one of the homies that's on this here Zoom call. You know, we were talking about the weekend or whatever the case may be. It's a big weekend for one of our friends. Uh, shout out to him, man. Man, what you, you know what I mean? What you doing to, you know, to take care of yourself and things? He's like, oh, man, you know, doing this X, Y, and Z in, in regards to COVID-19. He said, yeah, man, I got like 15 things of Lysol. The big joint is over. I said, I said, dang, you got 15? Yeah, the big ones, Jay. The big ones, too. I said, I'm going to be real, bro. I need one of them. I've been looking for those for like five, six months. I said, I'll pay you for it. I said, let me get that. I said, let me get one. I, and I said, one. Get what he told me, Jill. He said, nah, they're a hot commodity, dog. I can't give you one. I can't give you one, dog. I said, Weez, you can't give me one. You got $15. He's like, they're a hot commodity, Jay. I said, okay, that's worse of the week. I guarantee I call Coach Locke tomorrow, and he got 15. And I can't compare Locke to you because everybody's two totally different people. But if I ask a lot, and he had 15 Lysol things, I said, bro, I ain't going to lie, I need one of them. 
Coach Lock not would only not make me pay for him, he would give me three and bring the motherfuckers to me, dog. You are a sick human being, dog. You are really sick. Easy, <laughs> <laughs> do you have a uh, rebuttal to that? Yeah, he didn't tell the whole truth. I have five. I have five bottles of Lysol. Fifteen oh, to five God. is different. Fifteen five is different. He said, "Let me get one." I said, "I don't know about." I did say, "I don't know about that," but he never, he never mentioned the word pay. The way I feel about Mitch McConnell right now, I, I would have heard the word pay. You know, you never, you never, you never rebutted the word pay. <laughs> You're a sick human being. Stat of the week. Shout out to uh, Jose Hustle for this fine. The average height of an NBA player in 1985 was six feet, seven inches tall. Can anybody tell me the average height of an NBA player in the year 2019-2020? The average height, I would say six, seven? Six, nine. I'm going to go with Jeff, six, nine, six, eight. Coach Locke, six, seven. We're talking about... 30 years. We're talking about 30 years of basketball, and the height are exactly the same. The game just evolved. Nothing has changed. Just the game has evolved. Shout out to you, Lot. It was a good guess, big dog. Shout out to Jose Hustle. Great Jose. And make sure you check us out on iTunes, Facebook, IG, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, Beyond Pod, YouTube, and of course, the SoundCloud page to catch up on the full archive of past episodes of FSP. How do you do that? Just search Full Sport Press Podcast. When you get through doing that, go check out the On Day TV Hip Hop Podcast with Animal Brown and Spike Lute every Wednesday. Their latest show is up, the Rick Ross versus 2 Change versus preview. Did you guys watch the verses between the biggest boss and Titty 2 Boy, Titty Boy 2 Chains? That's <laughs> <laughs> easy for you to say. Yeah, 15-5, Ross. Quick one. Living nine change. Great, great battle. Living nine change. Nine, Jeff, are you said? Living nine. I can argue living. If you have it 13 7 to 11 9, either way, I can argue. I'm cool with it. I'm cool with it. Yeah. I, I, I had 13 7. But I like the way Change approached. He played all his hits. He played, he, he, shot, his, he shot his full clip. He played whatever he had. This is my hit. I'm going to play it. Weezy, what do you think about uh, Two Chains bringing out the strippers on band? I loved it. I loved it. That's how light he was taking that shit. It was easy work, man. Speaking of easy work, Fresher Than Your Average podcast, man. Me and my dog, Animal Brown, is a self-help fashion podcast directly related to improving everyday fashion. Uh, soon, we'll have another FTYA Friday coming up. But in between then, follow the page and check out our prior episodes. Don't forget to wear your kicks, man. Copper sponsor. Jeff. Yes, sir. You got 10 good wrestling seconds. All right, man. Let's talk a little money. Oh, earlier this year we talked about on the show that um, the WWE made roster cuts, budget cuts, uh, before you know, right after right after uh, WrestleMania, they cut over forty people from their roster, forty wrestlers, referees, people from the backstage, things like that. So you would think with COVID and everything else, the company was in dire straits, right? Well, on a WWE earnings call this week, anybody want to guess how much money the profit margin was for WWE in this quarter and during the COVID? Anybody? 350 M's. 
<laughs> Close lock. They made $45 million in the COVID-19 after cutting all the people from their roster and, and having a doom or gloom quarter two call. Coming into quarter three, they made $45 million. Down there, you can you can factor in they haven't had the travel budget, they haven't had to fly as many people, you know, stuff like that, because everything is in one central location in Florida. But still, if you if you can, please make sure you check out the Eight Hundred Eight and Chair Shots podcast, where Nick and I go into detail about how we feel about that, and we also talk about what type of wrestler we would be if we were in wrestling right now. You don't, you definitely want to hear Nick's response to that. Hell of a show, hell of a show. So iTunes, SoundCloud, and by the time you hear this, it'd be everywhere else. Oh, man. And don't forget to tweet us with questions throughout the week at Full Sport Press. Don't forget to comment. Give us a thumbs up or a thumbs down on the YouTube page. On the iTunes page, please rate and subscribe. But more importantly, don't forget to tell a friend. To tell a friend. Tell a friend. Tell a friend. That the revolution will be podcasted. And before we get started with the first half, Wheezy, do you have a yellow box of Cheerios award recipient for the listeners? I do. This week's award recipient is Oklahoma Rep- Representative Sean Roberts. Oklahoma State Representative is fed up with athletes kneeling during the national anthem and is threatened to hold the Oklahoma City Thunder to account. A state representative, like Weezy mentioned, Sean Roberts, a Republican, issued a warning to the NBA franchise urging that the team stand for playing the song, which would be the national anthem. And he will lead a charge to strip tax benefits from the organization that it receives from the state. Furthermore, Roberts framed the protest as anti-patriotic and displays disrespect to the American flag and all it stands for, end quote. The lawmaker who was elected in 2011 also believes that the NBA's support of the stance that players are taking proves the NBA's support to defund the police. Roberts highlighted that the Thunder organization is under contract through the Quality Job Act that receives tax breaks through 2024. That, however, did not deter the team from kneeling as members of the Thunder joined the Utah Jazz kneeling during the playing of the Star Spangled Banner. Kiss my ass, Sean Roberts. Kiss my ass. Damn right. <laughs> yeah, that's going to be a – that might be – we might say that out prime. Just got to get to him for sure. Prime been delivering a little late, too. Y'all noticed that? It's taking a little while. You got to talk to your people, dog. I'm going I'm to get on. I got to meet them with them in the morning, so we'll, we'll figure it out. <laughs> I bet you do, dog. You guys ready to get started the first half? Let's do it. The first half is underway. Full sport press. First half, the hottest sports news of the past week, like we do each and every week here at the Full Sport Press Podcast. Before we get started, I am Jay ho What Big Jeff? I'm Weezy. What'd he do? It's your man, Coach Locke. Rock, where can they find you at on social media, my brother? On IG and Twitter world, it's Locke underscore the underscore great. That's T-H-A. Get at me. <laughs> what about you, Weezy? I'm FSP underscore Weezy on IG, and I'm at how Weezy on Twitter. I love you. you your name should be Selfish Weezy. Selfish Weezy. Little roll, man. Uh, Jeff, what you got, man? I'm Jay Easley, 84, across all social media platforms. Yeah, you are. And I'm Jay Hove on Instagram and Twitter, man. Have a conversation with me on Twitter, for sure. When's the last time you came from or something? He'd be in the stories. He'd be in the stories. Yeah, no, I'm saying, I'm talking about actual. Actual Hell, I ain't posting. Whew. 
You ain't posted his last. Like you ain't posted the pictures his last year. Jesus. Yes, true. Nah, this year, man, it was like February. You didn't even do the I'm a black man post to everybody. <laughs> <laughs> I did. Hey, that's the only thing I did, bro. That's the last post. Oh, no, I didn't do that. I'm a black man. I did Black Lives Matter. I wasn't doing that. I'm a black man. <laughs> did you do Juneteenth? <laughs> nah. <laughs> I didn't do Juneteenth either. Yo, I don't expect you to do Juneteenth, please. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Let's kick things off in the first half, man, with the NFL. And every year, the NFL adds players to submit votes, ranking the best of the best in their sport. The annual top 100 concluded on the NFL Network Wednesday night with the order of the top 10 revealed over episodes. Coming in at number 10 was Weezy's guy, Derrick Henry. Uh, coming in at number nine. Stephon Gilmore coming in at eight, DeAndre Hopkins coming in at seven, George Kittle. See you, boy. Coming in at six is Christian McCaffrey. Coming in at five is Mike Thomas. Coming in at four, Patrick Mahomes. Coming in at three, Aaron Donald. Coming in at two, Russell Wilson. And coming in at number one was Lamar Action Jackson. Each of these players certainly have a strong case for being included into the top 10. But who's deserving candidate to be a top 10 player that was left out of that elite group, fellas? Julio Jones probably going to be. He'd probably be in the top 10, right? He'd probably take Derrick Henry's spot, honestly. Number one, I know you didn't ask this, but this threw me off when I first saw it. Patrick Mahomes at four was ridiculous. But um, <laughs> I'll, give you a, I'll give you the stuff from the top 10. I think, honestly, that my guy, Davis White, should have been in the top 10. I gotta, no. back, gotta bring him back to Buffalo, but we gotta keep him happy. Gotta keep him happy. Gotta keep him happy. <laughs> My pick, man, was Chandler Jones. He killed in 2019. He had 19 sacks. He led the league with eight forced fumbles. Still not getting the respect, not being included in that top 10. Just a, a record of, of offensive line. And also, Nick Olson. I think he was a top 10 player in the league last year, dog. He was the missing link that the 49ers needed. I know D4 was there, and he had a good year as well, but I think Bosa helped get that defense to where it is now. And agree more. I think that's a homer pick, but uh, I don't know how you don't put Bosa on the list. Man, he just dominated offensive linemen, and he's a lot of the reason we went to the Super Bowl. In all honesty, though, with that 10 players, like, to me, this is just me personally. I know it's like a cop-out, but who would you take off that list, though? Bro. Like those were, if you think about how it played, how it played out, those were the ten players that influenced the playoffs and the super and the, and the conference championships and the Super Bowl the most. Like, who are you really taking out of that list? The only one I could see that he could replace is Russell Wilson what? because we went to the Super Bowl. That's it. Woo, coach! No, no, that's it. You really can't. Like I agree, with Jeff. You can't take nobody out. But if I had to pick somebody out of there, he'd be the only one. And somebody who's jumped out on the ledge this week by, by himself. I'm letting you know you out there by yourself, Odell. <laughs> Let's keep it in football, guys. But we'll move to Weezy's favorite league. The XFL. All right, my guy. All right. So The Rock and an investment group, including his ex-wife, have purchased what remains of the recently bankrupt XFL from Vince McMahon and Alpha Entertainment. Making the Rock uh, the one, the only minority 
majority owner of a league and his wife, the only female uh, majority owner of a league. Now, The Rock has come out saying that he is looking to a professional football, professional sports league, excuse me. The Rock has come out saying he wants to capitalize on the reality TV aspect of the XFL going forward, with, and also mentioning that they are looking to possibly get the season back rolling next year. Guys, what do you, what do you guys think about this? The Rock, I think he has big connections in Hollywood where he could probably get the, like, you know, reality TV part of it going. But I also think from a business standpoint, he probably, I, I don't know the reason he bought this because it was so cheap. It's like a cheap stock. It's almost like too cheap not to buy if you got if you got the money to pay for it. But I just, I, in the back of his mind, I know he's nervous as hell. Like, I'm going to lose $15 million. Because it's going to be hard as hell to get that league back going. Because uh, Mr. Man said he did everything possible that he could do. And he didn't lose the league. Mr. Man didn't lose that league because it was run, run un, uh, unproperly. It, it was COVID-19. COVID-19 squashed that league. I mean, if you watch the show Ballers, like I think all of us watch Ballers, we've seen this story before, Doc. I think he just made it come to life. And considering the fact that he has Under Armour and he dropped his entire clothing line with that and apparel line, it sold out within days, the entire line. So with Under Armour sinking, it's a sinking ship, dog. They have a strong tide of football at the college and high school level. So in turn, it can only make sense for the company to outfit the league and also have some type of ties to rock. And he also brings something that Vince McMahon really couldn't do, and that's likability. People just don't like Vince McMahon. I think Rock would be the ultimate owner, former player, understands the game at a high level. I think, you know, people would like that a little bit more. And like Weezy hinted as well, the main thing is the fact that he is marketable. Anything that he touches turns gold, man. So to have him behind anything, you want him to push your product. There's no way that this is going to fail with him behind it. I agree 100% uh, Rock being a former player and actually playing in the NFL, he knows the sport. He knows all the things to do and the things not to do. And he has the connections in the sport that can help push it and have the brand the right way. That was the one thing Vince McMahon was missing. Yes, he's an entertainment business guru, but when it comes to the NFL and running things like the NFL to compete with that, he didn't really have his hands in that. I'm sure he paid people to put them in the positions, but it's nothing like having that hands-on experience and knowing what to do and seeing how things run with your own eyes. So like you mentioned, with The Rock being likable, he's going to be able to go out and get some, some sponsors, some donations that Vincent Mann might have not been able to get. Like we mentioned, COVID is the only reason it didn't succeed, I believe. So once we get through this COVID, who knows when that is, I believe that The Rock will be able to get this up and running and get it done the right way. For sure. Um, and then also, kind of piggyback off of that, like I agree with what, what Coach said, <clears throat> but also – like Vince had hired football people to be in the front office last for this last season, even though it didn't finish. So, and then Rocket and his wife has mentioned that they're going to have some of those same people come back because the league was ran well. You just couldn't compete with COVID. And then you also have the aspect of, like you said, he's the biggest star that they need. And the shout out to my man D. Harris, like he has a point. I don't know if you guys thought about this. 
he can possibly get those players that are looking to leave college early and turn pro early and get those players that have played one or two years in the SEC or the ACC that don't want to play that third year of college without making any money. And then you can now go play professional sports for a year or two and go strictly pro for go to the NFL from there and be like a farm assistant for the NFL, which I think about that. A reality show going for the first two years just to get it rolling, then go ahead and put the league out, you know. I think the reality show is that it, it, that that's the buzz. He got enough connections, enough plugs to do that in Hollywood and behind the scenes to get that rolling first to get people minds, you know, enthused about it. And then just roll out the real league. Well, going from one football league to another football league, the NFL announced that free agent Antonio Brown will still be looking for a team, and if anyone decides to pick him up, they will have to wait till the second half of the season to rely on him. The NFL has suspended Antonio Brown for eight games. Now, it could be longer depending on the ongoing civil suit he has in Florida. Now, Antonio Brown, who hasn't played since week two of the 2019 season, won't be able to use those games toward the suspension because he was technically cut from the team and he was not on the roster. So is this fair or foul that the NFL has given Antonio Brown eight games of suspension? I think it's fair. I mean, so he needed the sentence because he was basically living in purgatory this whole time and teams were scared to pick him up. So now at least you know what you got and you know what you can prepare for and now your agent or you can get to work to get you a job. So you know, nobody, nobody wants to sit out these eight games, but now you at least know what your sentence is. Now you can get ready to prepare to go back to work. Yeah, they gave him, they gave him his time. He know what he got to do, like Jeff said. My only thing is, is a team's going to take a chance on him. And, and for me, I think it's worth the wait now. I think it's worth those eight games. I really do. Uh, only, thing I'm, only thing I'm worried about is a team that's already got good chemistry, like a Kansas City or Seattle, that's probably going to go in with those eight games, probably only lost maybe one to two games. Then he's coming in, you know, like retool the team with him and mess the chemistry up. Or you know, another team is going to be halfway down, barely making the playoffs, and then you put him in the uh, game, and he's going to give them a boost. It's two sides of the sword right there for me. I mean, A.B., essentially, he forced his way out of three different teams, y'all. And I don't think a lot of the teams realize if the risk is worth the reward at this point. He's just 32 years old, still appears to be in top shape. But here's the thing. This is going to help A.B. There's no preseason. So, in turn, the first three or four games are going to be preseason games. People are going to – it's going to be slow. People are going to get injured. But the teams won't – you won't see the real teams until week five, week six. That really leaves A.B. with two weeks to just figure out, okay, which team really, really needs me. And I think the team that really, really needs him is the Green Bay Packers. They lost Devin Funches because he opted out. They don't have a number, another wide receiver. And you have to make Aaron Rodgers feel as if you're looking out for him. And the best interest of him – is either getting another wide receiver or a tight end. Antonio Brown is the wide receiver that you need there. Low maintenance in Green Bay. Gonna kill playing with the best quarterback in the league. Hey man, the sky's the limit for that. The only thing that will kind of worry me are injuries. Say um, Julio Jones, God forbid, gets injured, or DeAndre Hopkins. It'll be a situation where they would be forced to hire Antonio Brown to take up for the loss of a big injury. Speaking of injuries, the injuries is what worries me with Antonio Brown. 
because he hasn't played contact football since week two of 2019. That's a long time to, even though the training he's doing, he looks great. You know, we know he's still fast. We know he still can catch the ball. We know he still runs the crisp routes. But his body hasn't really taken any contact since week two. So I'm just worried about how his body is going to react, getting thrown right back into it after those eight games. Because like you mentioned, the first few weeks, is they're going to be getting their groove in, everybody is, because they're not playing preseason games. So when he comes back, everybody's ready to go. Everybody's in mid-season shape, he'll be coming in with none of that. So that's the only thing that worries me about Antonio Brown. And, of course, it's mental. You never know what's going to happen with him, no matter who signs him. He, he liable to decide he want to shoot a video in the middle of the season somebody signed him. So who knows? Before we get started with halftime, let's talk about some hip-hop. Hip-hop mogul Master P recently revealed that Cole might be training for the league. Cole is J. Cole. Now, Master P, who actually signed two separate NBA contracts in the late 90s, was asked by J. Cole what he needed to do to make the jump from music to sports. P told Cole, and I quote, this is a different time we're in. They're going to pick you apart. You're going to have to be able to hit every shot, and if you don't hit every shot, you are not worthy, end quote. J. Cole might have received his first NBA trial from the Detroit Pistons. The Pistons tweeted at Cole and said, hit us up for that trial. This is for all the dreamers. This 35-year-old J. Cole deserves a shot playing in the NBA. Let me let me speak real quick on this. I'll, I'll let y'all hip-hop heads have it. I just don't think it's a word. Yeah, like, like P said, man, you have to be awesome. Awesome to get in the NBA. Like, really, really, really good. And to come in at 35 years old, just, just say because you want to play? Come on, man. It's a money grab, man. It's 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 an attention grab for the Pistons. It's a money grab for the Pistons. You get J. Cole in, in, in the preseason games. Hopefully there are preseason games next year for the NBA. If you get J. Cole at those games or or even at his tryout, it brings attention to the Pistons. It, it, it pops a rating and gets different people coming. Like, that's why you do it. Like, other than that, he's not going to make the team. He's 35 years old. Like, that's not old by any standards. But it's not NBA out the gate playing my first NBA game standards. And Cole ain't that nice anyway. Like, if he was that nice, he would have been playing earlier before then. Like, no, dog. Like, it's, it's dudes in the G League that will bust his ass, no pause, whenever they wanted to, if they needed to. This is just a attention grab. Like, you know, and for the dreamers, because same age as me, let me go try for the XFL right now. Man, I'd be hurt in the first snap. It's not going to work, dude. Uh, does he deserve a playoff shot? No. I mean, trial, I'm sorry, not playoff, trial, no. Will he get one? Yes, just like Jeff mentioned, just because of who he is and his status. Coming out of college, I mean, high school, you know, he had an academic scholarship at St. John's. Well, you know, because he's a smart guy. You know, he played in high school. He had a few offers coming out of high school to play basketball. Uh, I think he could have played at North Carolina A&T, which is in his home state, North Carolina, you know. But – J. Cole, like you mentioned, he, he's too old. For his age to not have been playing basketball, that might as well say he's 45. His body, his tendons, it's not used to that rigor of playing NBA basketball against those caliber athletes. He's never played against those kind of athletes because he, the highest level he played was high school. So he didn't play in college, not saying he couldn't have, but he's never played against that type of athlete and player in a real basketball setting like an NBA game. So it's just all about the money. 
You know, people would buy jerseys with his name on it just because of who he is. So he's going to get the trial, but he is not going to make the team. J. Cole is known is in the hip-hop community as one of the better celebrity basketball players. Him, Chris Brown, uh, Lil Durk. If you really know hip-hop, he is as far as hoopers. Gucci, man, good hooper. But listen, man, he's even played pickup with several high-profile NBA players. But the NBA ain't pickup. He's 35 years old. Can you imagine him trying to, okay, even with the trial, can you imagine him trying to stay in front of Derrick Rose? Can you imagine him trying to guard Derrick Rose? Can you imagine him trying to guard Jordan Bone? Man, he would murder him, dude. That they would take it personal that he was out there and would try to kill him. Be food, barbecue chicken. At 25, yes. Makes so much sense. You can try it. Still, you know, away from the game, not that long, five, six years maybe away. But 35, dog? That's taking away a spot. Maybe Jordan, you know, Bone is getting the run. Or another player on their team, Bruce Brown, somebody. Man, they are going to eat J. Cole for food at 35 years old. 25, it makes more sense. 35, it's a pipe dream for sure, man. Just go play pickup, man. Play, Try to play in the big three. Or, or if you're that bored, go rap. Go back and just go rap. Keep rapping. Please, please, P play basketball on a high level in college. Like, that's, I think that's Cap, Jeff. I think that's he, Cap. He played at Houston. He, he was recruited to Houston and played at Houston. After the five, no, he did. He was on the team, bro. Yeah, but he played, Jay. No, no, listen, y'all. You listen to me. I think that's Cap. That's I do. That story has I, never wavered, Jay. That's the bro. plan after the five, five summer jumble was never what it was always told the same way. Did we see Master P in Houston as a as a certified walk-on, as a scholarship player? Anything. Did we see that? We saw the scholarship letters on the on you know the documentary they talk about it. Did we did they show his L O I? That's letter of intent for the people who don't know what that means. Right. Yeah, Jay. That story was they said we we ain't never seen him shoot. We we never seen we never seen him in the uniform. I sound good. But the ball, though, even the allure. It, but even if it didn't, P held his own against the NBA player. We he sound, bro, he he wasn't following up Ralph Sampson and King, Clyde and shit. Master P. Maybe maybe hey, maybe uh, uh Texas Southern. For sure. I don't do over any kind of way. Rambling for sure. Bro, that was the biggest school in the world at the time. They didn't even win anything. That team didn't win anything. Everybody either wanted to go to Houston or they wanted to go to UNLV right. at the time. But UNLV won, though. Five Seven Germany didn't win anything. They lost in the first round of the tournament. Bro, they, were, they had the cool – they had Fly Seven. Master P, bro? Look at <laughs> We're at the midway point. Enjoy all of the halftime festivities. Halftime, in case you missed it, it appears the unanimous one, the great Stephen Curry, will soon have his own Under Armour brand. Curry will have his own brand under the umbrella of Under Armour, just like how Michael Jordan has his Jordan brand at Nike. 
His brand will have its own logo and Under Armour will no longer appear on Curry's shoes. Curry's new Curry 8 flow will reportedly drop sometime this fall. Is there anybody in the NBA that can have their own brand with a signature shoe? No, they're desperate. They, 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 they better give him his own brand. <laughs> <laughs> they just trying to stay afloat at Under Armour. Yeah, keeping the lights on. <laughs> keeping the lights on. Did y'all see the Joel Embiid's? Oh, those are trash, dude. Oh, <laughs> they look like imitation Paul George shoes. Like, what was that? Like? Really, they look like fake Kyrie's for sure. They look like XJ nine hundred Kyrie's, dog. Yeah. Mm. Jefferson Street. Mm. The only person on with the right though. Um, LeBron. That's the only person that could do it. He could. He could lose the Nike check and keep that. Yeah. That LB whatever. However he want to do it. The the King. The King. The Lion. The Lion. The Crown. Yeah. The only one that could do it. So, you think so, KD could do it? Not yet. Nah, he's not likable, dog. He's not likable. I'm tell you, you can't do it. And Dame Lillard, he can't do it. Dame Lillard can't do it. Why you going to find a way to bring my boy into the hate, man? Don't even, don't even, go, don't even, go, don't even go into it, Coach. Yeah. I don't think anybody under the Adidas umbrella has the star power. I think Luca could do it eventually. Oh, uh, shit. Come on, let's maybe go. Trey Young. Let's get out of here, man. Maybe, I said Trey Young. He Adidas. Trey Young definitely not going to be able to do it. Not no time soon. The bearded ones can do it. James Harden. His shoes don't be right-handed, dog, on his shirts now. Hey, <laughs> hey, Joe. my shirt, my shirt. He was not right-handed, dog. <laughs> he was fucking left-handed. Hey, Joe. They saying they saying the Hawks trying to get mellow. Ball that is. Hey, man. You that don't makes, want that. It makes it. That'll be a Jeff backcourt right there. You that would be hard to deal with. <laughs> <laughs> It's an all-jump backcourt right there. <laughs> uh, I don't want to do the second half. You guys ready to do it? Let's do it. Let's get it. The second half is underway. Full sport press. Second half. Episode 329. We are talking about the NBA edition of players. We were wrong about, for sure. I am Jay Howell. It's your boy, Big Jeff. And I'm Weezy. And I really don't want to do this show. It's your man, Coach Lock. I know Weezy don't want to do this show. Nah, he don't get yeah, nah, for sure. Nah, he has some big misses, but I think we all have. Um, being a great player in college basketball doesn't necessarily always mean that you'll be a great player on the next level. The NBA is the next level. Spoiler alert, not all five-star recruits were meant to be stars. Whether it was due to injury, lack of playing time, poor fit with the team, or just plain stupid life decisions, these five-star recruits, usually five-star recruits, I'm sure we're not going to talk about anybody that's not a five-star recruit, um, from these past couple of years, really filled up to live to the height. So what we are here to do is hold ourselves accountable, man. Mm, mm, really accountable as we unveil five players that we were 100% wrong about leaving college heading into the NBA. Uh, hell no. Hell no. Uh-uh. Let's just get to the list. Who is your <laughs> number one, Jay? All right. Fuck it. No particular order. Just going with our five. My first person I'll talk about is Kyle Anderson. He's uh, a five-star recruit coming out of UCLA. He's my guy. 6'9". Uh, nicknamed Slow Mo. 
If Kyle Anderson played in the NBA in the year 1998, he would be a 10-year <laughs> NBA vet. But the game changed on him, man. He can't shoot. He is slow. Sneaky defender, though. But in turn, his game never really trend. He's oh, he's sneaky defender, Jeff, because he's six nine. So in turn, he he's faster than a normal four, but he just can't move, man. His lack of athleticism is really really hampered him. Play for the Spurs. I assume that Pop will find a way to have him at the top of his level. Like I assumed Dejounte Murray was going to be too. It still hasn't turned over for Dejounte as well. So. First person, man, Kyle Anderson, man. I just knew Kyle Anderson was going to be the next Lamar Odom. Not even bullshit. I know. Yeah, yeah. You, you, was, you was very high on that kid. I remember. I remember. Yeah. But that's okay. We, we, we were all high on our kids we're going to talk about. And I'm going to go ahead and talk about Thomas Robinson out of Kansas. 6'10 power forward. Uh, Kansas. He was Big 12 player of the year. He led him to a national championship game in 2012, consensus All-American. He was just a crazy athletic kid that could defend. He could rebound. Hell, he had 22 double-doubles in his last year that he was at Kansas. He was getting those Blake Griffin comparisons. But could shoot a little better than Blake at the time. Uh, but it just didn't quite turn over uh, in the NBA. You know, he got drafted number five by Sacramento. They just drafted DeMarcus Cousins a couple years before, and they were supposed to be the tandem. But as we know, the league changed, like you said. Wasn't no bigs. The bigs became extinct. If you were not a big that could step out or handle the ball or shoot the long ball, then nobody wants you. So he ended up with a career score and average of 4.9, even had to play in the G League one year. But what makes it even worse is these are some of the players that were drafted after him. Damian Lillard. Harrison Barnes, Andre Drummond, Miles Plumley. All those people drafted after him. Miles Plumley plays the same position he does. Draymond, too. Draymond, you're right. Exactly. So my boy didn't do it for me, man. He just didn't quite work out for him. But Thomas Robinson out of Kansas for sure. He started eleven games, y'all. In his career. Eleven. And I love Thomas Robinson, dog. Five. But wait, wait, in 265 career games, you only start 11? That hurt me. Tom, Tom was one of my guys. I might have gassed you on Tom, Rob. Coach, you might have to put – I might get the credit for that, boy. <laughs> yeah, your, your, your list is extended, Jay. Extended. Shut up, please. Go ahead. Go, go ahead. Kick your shit off then. All right. I'm going to kick my – off. Um, one of my people was uh, – he's a McDonald's All-American out of Texas. Mike Cabongo. <laughs> <laughs> Uh yeah, Michael Bongo. I thought, man, you could. I thought he was Kyrie before Kyrie Irving. Ah, he had big boy handles. I called Jason Jay. I don't even how to do. I don't, I don't even know how to say this dude's name, but he's cold. And this dude ended up transferring from Texas, playing elsewhere. That's the last time I seen him play was on TBT. And it was Michael Bongo. I don't think he even got drafted. And that was my number one player. This is a rough list. I I really don't want to do this show. Yeah, we. I remember you talking about him. Yeah, <laughs> Michael Bongo. Pulling you know, the way. Let me go in because I know, I know we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna talk about it. Dion Waiters. He's gonna start with the big gun. Dion Waiters. We go ahead and get it started. We go ahead and get it started. Not Philly, please. 
Go ahead, just go ahead and get it. So, we sometimes just gotta go ahead and just get it out of the way because you know it's yeah. coming. Yeah. Deion Waiters was my guy coming out of Syracuse. I thought I, I like my I like my guards a certain kind of way, coach. I like my guards a certain kind of way. A lot of a lot of volume, puts up shots, not afraid to take a shot. That was my I like my guards that way. That was Deion Waiters. And then oh, hold on, did the rookie game, him and Tim Hardaway Jr. put on a show in the rookie. So I'm sold at this point. And then, and then he went to Cleveland. And Cleveland. I, don't, I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to talk about it. But it, 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 it's going to get better for Deion. Deion's going to sneak up and win a championship on a team that he has no business being on. And it'll probably be this year. And he's going to be able to say he's an NBA champion. That's about it. <laughs> All right, Jay, you got him number two. All right, this one, I'm going to go a little further back on this one. But this was my guy in college. Um, so it hurt me that his pro career did not fan out well in Vancouver and Memphis. Stromile Swift. He was fun to watch. Stromile <laughs> Swift was fun to watch in college. He always had the highlights. He was unstoppable in the paint. I don't know what happened from the transition to the NBA, but it just didn't pick up. The game didn't translate. It wasn't as fun for Stromile anymore. He wasted away after about five or six years. If that, um, I don't know where he is right now. I tried to look him up. I couldn't find him on any social media for research. I hope he's on at least Instagram or something. Because Stromile was fun to watch at LSU. Hate this list, man. I hate it. Hate it. Uh, number two for me. Um, damn. Uh, I'm gonna just go. On, I'm gonna like. I'm gonna be like Jeff. I'm gonna kick it out there. It's one of my Vanderbilt boys. Hell, all, all five of this beef can be my very good guy. Way balling, man. <laughs> Way balling. Oh, man, you couldn't tell me nothing about Way balling. He was a, I think it was a four-star recruit coming in. And he, he he was he was cold freshman of the year that year. He got cold freshman of the year at Vanderbilt. Don't happen. That don't happen at Vanderbilt. So I was sold. And he he was drafted lottery. Number the last pick with 15 at lottery. And now he's uh, overseas somewhere playing in Czechoslovakia somewhere. Not even on a low tier, on a low tier team overseas. Uh, Way balling. Big guard, man. Dunk on you, rangy. And he just it just didn't pan out. I don't know what it happened, but, yeah, he had me fooled. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, uh, my next guy uh, didn't really, you know, wasn't really major coming out of high school, but his senior year, man, he just took over college basketball, and I thought he was going to be Steph Curry before Steph Curry. Jimmy Fredette out of BYU. Coming out of college, he averaged 29. He led the NCAA in points, was a consensus All-American. He had the Steph range. In college, you know, every night it was a different Jimmer highlight from his crazy scoring where he was just putting up buckets all kinds of ways, getting to the basket, shooting over everybody. Just, I just knew it was going to translate. So, and the Milwaukee Bucks thought it was too clearly because they drafted him number 10 but traded him to the Kings. Well, his lack of height didn't help him in the NBA. He couldn't get his shot off. He definitely couldn't guard nobody on the other end, so that hurt him, which we – they wasn't drafting him to play defense. Nobody knew that. He bounced around, played in Chicago and New Orleans Pelicans. They thought he would help AD by spreading the floor. And he only shot 18% from the three. So that got him out of the league real quick. 
wind up going to China. You know, he's big in China like Steph was. Uh, so he's going to live over there and finish it out over there. But guess who got drafted after him? Clay Thompson, Kawhi Leonard, Jimmy Butler. Just to name a few. So, yeah, I really missed on the Jimmer. <laughs> he sure did. I thought Jimmy Fredette was going to be the next J.J. Riddick. I thought he was going to be a lifelong, serviceable shooter. And, uh, yeah, he's a China uh, player now. And killing over there. Came to the league, had a cup of coffee in the league a couple of uh, years back, maybe two years ago. Never really still. Just didn't work. Shout out to Jimmy. Um, my next person. I'm going to go ahead and do one of my North Carolina guys, man. This one hurt, though. This is my favorite point guard in North Carolina history. To this day is my guy, Kendall Marshall. I thought Kendall Marshall was going to translate to the NBA. He was the best point guard in college that year, got drafted in the lottery on a team with Harrison Barnes, John Henson, um, who else is on there? Reggie Bullock, all NBA league guys. And each one of those guys played longer than Kendall Marshall. If Kendall Marshall again played in the 1990s, he would be a perennial all-star. Like I'm telling you, he can't shoot, but he led the lead. He was second in assists in the NBA. Tore his ACL, never really was the same. Now he's an a assistant coach back in North Carolina. Pass first point guard, one of the best pass first point guards of our generation. It just didn't work in the NBA, man. Also, the former boyfriend of Taylor Rooks from Bleacher Report. The game, the game was too – the game got too fast for him. Oh, 100%. Oh, that's it. Dude. You know how good can if Kendall Marshall does not break his wrist, we win another national championship that year with Harrison Barnes and John Henson. We would have won that whole thing if he didn't break his wrist, man. I don't I don't think he would have been as bad in the NBA if he don't had an injury either. He might have not been an all-star or perennial, but he would have stuck in the league and been a service of point guard. Because you can use a Kendall Marshall as a backup point guard. I yeah, not for sure. He get in there, fix yeah. up, he man. What the best passer I've ever seen, dog. He just was a great passer, dog. Oh, just a great basketball player. All right. Let me get mine out of the way. <laughs> Moment of silence. This one hurt. This one hurt. Yeah. It's going to be music to my ears, though. Go ahead. Oh, Venton J. Anthony Mayo, man. He's a bust. He's a bust. He's a bust. He's a bust. O.J. Mayo was the biggest recruit after LeBron James. Dude, he averaged 28 in the seventh grade, dog, in high school. He was on a high school team in the seventh grade and averaged 28. What? You could not tell me that O.J. Mayo wasn't going to be the next. I, I assumed that he was going to be the next guy. Ah, man. Skill set was crazy. Could shoot his last high school game. He threw the ball in the stands, won a national high school. I thought he could play in the NBA at 17 years old. Goes to USC, average 22, all pack 10. Goes to the NBA, average 19 his first two years. I don't know what the hell happened, dog. I'm just going to be real. I don't know what happened after that. I don't know what happened in Memphis. I don't know if he got hanging around Gotti or maybe Zach Randolph. Through, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what the hell happened to this kid. 
but he is no longer playing in the NBA. Hadn't played in the last two years. He's over in China, averaging 30. OJ Mayo, that hurt me. It was a point, and I say this all the time. They were looking at James Harden his first year in Houston, and it was OJ Mayo in Memphis, and they were like, it's close, it's close. It was people, and I was saying, hey, OJ Mayo is better than him. Harden is a superstar now, and OJ Mayo got kicked out of the league. That didn't age. That one hurt. That hurt. I think he got content. I think he got lazy. I think that's all that happened. <laughs> it was in damn NBA socks he wore in uh, the NCAA tournament. That's what it was. He wore the NBA socks in the first round of the NCAA tournament. That's what it is. Cooking in them, cooking in them socks. Couldn't nobody guard OJ Mayo. Well, I got another one of my guys out of Louisville, six six shooting guard slash small forward, Terrence Williams. I thought Terrence Williams coming out of Louisville was gonna be the next wing slasher. I just I I you know I thought it would the way the league ran, you know, the open, the running gun, I thought it just fit him perfectly. He was all at all big east, first or second team, three years, 2009 wooden finals, third team all American, led his team to the regional finals and NCAA tournament. He was just athletic, he could defend, he could rebound, he was just good at a lot of things. So the next drafted him, number 11 in 2009. Didn't work out, man. Because the one thing you have to do in the NBA, you have to be great at something. And he's not great at anything. He was just good. I thought he was going to be, you know, be able to figure it out, work on his shot in the league and be able to expand that. And he didn't do it. Career average is seven points. I only played four years in the league. Just didn't happen for him, man. And, I definitely missed on him, especially when you have players like Drew Holiday, Jeff T, Darren Collison, Taj Gibson all get drafted after him. Hmm. I guess it's on me again, all right? I'm going to go for a two-for-one on this one, man. Two-for-one. Golly, I hate doing this. This uh, These are not my Vanderbilt boys, but these they played against my Vanderbilt boys. This is when I was I, – because I, I really watched SEC basketball real tough because it's Vanderbilt in it. This is back in the day, too. Yeah, I'm going to hate doing this. Um. One of them played for Tennessee and Chris Lofton. <laughs> and um, one of them played for Florida, which I was high on this dude, and Nick Calathius. <laughs> I was high on Nick Calathius. And uh, Nick Calathius, I don't know where he's at right now. I have no clue. I didn't even want to research it because it was so bad of a miss. I don't know where he's at right now. He's playing in Greece. He lost his hair, and he's like, I'm, I'm leaving the country. He ain't ever came back. And Nick Lathius was an All-American at Florida. I think he's like top, maybe top 10 on all-time Florida scoring list. Nick Lathius was cold. And I saw him come down and kill my Vanderbilt boys. I said, yeah, he's, I called Jay, he cold. And he's not. He's not cold. <laughs> he's not cold. And Chris Lockton was a killer. Chris Lockton was a killer. He was a killer too. And he just, I think the game got too, a little bit too fast for him too, man. All right. Get these two out the way. So LeBron recruited this guy to Miami, made the trade happen for him on draft night. He had a great college run. I drank the Kool-Aid. I'm not sure why, because the writing was on the wall. Shabazz Napier. <laughs> Shabazz Napier. I don't know why I thought Shabazz Napier was going to be an all-star level point guard. 
I really did. I have no clue why I thought that. I'm pretty sure Shabazz Napier, Shabazz Napier is still getting a check right now on somebody's bench, as he should be. But I thought Shabazz Napier was going to be an all-star level player. I drunk the Kool-Aid, and I was so, so wrong. So, so wrong. Still one of my favorite players to watch in college. Still somebody, if he was, if he, if he popped up on my screen right now, I get the warm and fuzzy. He's like, man, Shabazz Napier, man, I'm going in and watch him play. But that didn't end up how I wanted to. All right, this next one, he had a 13-year career, so I can't really say he was a bust, but I was wrong. But coming into the league, I thought this guy probably should have been at least a 10-time All-Star, maybe even a borderline Hall of Famer. Out of St. Louis, Larry Hughes. Injuries got him. Injuries hurt his career. But Larry Hughes... I would, it don't matter what video game it was, he was on my team. He was with AI when he first got into the league in Philly. Larry Hughes was, I don't understand. Like, he's one of the ones I don't get how it didn't work out. Like, I just don't get it. He had it all, Reese. Weezy had it all. He had, he was, he had the size. He could play the two or the three. He had the, had the post game. He had the shot. We didn't have a tray ball or nothing like that. But he had, he was effort on defense. Larry Hughes was my guy. Why are we doing this show, man? Why are we doing this show? Yeah, he had a few solid years too, though. For real, yeah. He had solid years, coach. I had if if you would have asked me when he came into the league, Larry Hughes was gonna be a ten-time All-Star, borderline Hall of Fame. Serious, not gonna lie. Now he was first team All Defense, led the league in steals with the Wizards. He had some really good years with the Wizards for sure. All right, this one right here was uh, another play out of Texas. I wasn't really too high on him in Texas, but he got drafted to my Cleveland Cavaliers when LeBron played. And I jumped on the bandwagon. And I never seen him again. After he had a, he a three-point play, I called Jay. Yeah, man, we got us one. Booby Gibson. <laughs> Booby Gibson had a three-point play. I think that might be the, bag, the biggest shot of his whole career. They helped us win a – I think it helped him win a playoff game. And after that, Booby Gibson disappeared. I thought he was going to be like all star and everything. They got Booby got, or something like that. Yeah, Booby got paid. And Booby got paid. And he got paid by Keisha Cole. Still yeah, he started dating Keisha Cole's. Got his, and then once that, once he started dating Keisha Cole's, he's not in the league anymore. Dang. <laughs> all right. Uh... So I'm going to go with another power forward. So I got Derek Williams out of Arizona. 6'8 power forward. Man, listen, he played two years at Arizona. Career average is 17.8, 7.7 rebounds on 59% shooting. All Pac-12 first team both years. Pac-12 player of the year, his second year. 2011 Wooden Award finalist. 2011. Second team, consensus All-American. He was on the NCAA All-Tournament Region team, led them to the Elite Eight. So Timberwolves, another bad pick by them, drafted him number two in 2011. Now what hurt him though, he was a tweener and he never improved his shot. If he would have ever worked on his shot and improved his shot to space the floor, he would have been fine because he was athletic but he could never go get a bucket on his own. And that's what killed him in the NBA. You got to be able to go get a bucket. If you're the number two pick in the draft, you got to be able to 
get a bucket on your own in some kind of way, whether they throwing it to you on the post and you can get a bucket or you can get to the rack and get a bucket, but he could never do none of that. He was never strong on defense. He would rebound because he's athletic, but he was never a strong defender. So, you know, he played in the league about seven years, but he didn't never turn over, and his last year was 2017 and 18. He's also part of that Jimmer Fredette class that had Kimball Walker drafted after him, Clay Thompson drafted after him, Kawhi, Tobias Harris, and Jimmy Butler. So, yeah, um, the Pac-12 kid out there from the West in Arizona, Derek Williams, he let me down. Bringing up my rear of the list, point guard I just knew was going to come into the league and just continue to do what he did in college. A kid out of Providence named Chris Dunn. <laughs> you sure did. Well, you sure did. You sure did. You sure in the hell did. Look how excited he gets over somebody's oh, Right. He loves him. He loves what I miss. He loves him. So uh, in Providence, you know, he was a four-year kid, you know, played, you know, average 16, six assists, 48% shooting his senior year, you know, did it the right way. It was two biggies all first team in 2014 and 15, biggies defensive player of the year and biggies player of the year both of those years. Wooden Award finalist, second team consensus All-American. So Minnesota, once again, I don't, I don't know what is Minnesota. Minnesota got all the misses. They drafted him number five in 2016. He averaged 3.8 points his rookie year, and then they sent him to Chicago after that. Now, Chicago, he had a few solid years. You know, he averaged 13 and 6 one year and 11 and 6 the next year, but then he fell down to 7 and 3. Hadn't really worked on his shooting from the three, man. I don't, I don't, I don't understand. He has a career average of 31% from the three. You got better shoot the ball in today's time, man, if you're in the NBA, if you're a guard, and he hasn't really figured it out. So they have basically turned him into a defender, guarding small forwards. It's 6'3. He does a great job of that, but nobody drafts anybody at number five to be a defensive stopper. Chris Dunn, you let me down, man. You let me down. Yeah, he did. He played for my boys right now. Can't keep him on the damn floor. Sorry. He's sorry. He is sorry. He is trash. My next person, man, hey, listen, I thought this kid was going to be the next one. I thought he was going to be the next Kevin Durant. I thought he was going to be the next fuck it. I don't know, man. It's Perry Jones, man. Perry Jones III, man. He's a five-star recruit, number two in the entire class, dog. Here's the thing about him. If he leaves after his freshman year at Baylor, he is a lottery pick. But it was a lockout. So, in turn, he didn't go. He stayed for his sophomore year at Baylor. That Baylor team was loaded, too. Quincy Miller, Deuce Bello, Pierre Jackson. It was a bunch of really good players on that Baylor team. Who would have thought that Quincy Acey, who played with him at Baylor, play more years than Perry Jones, the number two player in the entire class, man. Played three years with the Thunder. After that, man, it's over, dog. He played in a big three. Perry Jones ain't even 30 yet. He played in a big three, dog. Oh, my God, man. You, if Perry Jones 16 with a ratchet, with handle, and is out of the league, bro, playing in a big three, man. Hurt me. That one hurt me. I missed that one. 
This one hurt the worst. OJ Mayo and then this guy. This one hurt. Sebastian Telfair, man. Me and Jeff Boy, man. Sebastian Telfair. Dog. Uncle both of us. <laughs> to this day, I have never seen a point guard in the high school realm, like a high school point guard, as good as Sebastian Telfair. Not even close. Best basketball player the point guard position I've ever seen. He was on the front of Sports Illustrated with LeBron talking about this, the takeover. He had a Rockefeller chain at 16 years old, Coney Island. He was Jesus Shuttlesworth, dude. Coming straight from the projects, brothers, played in the league, which was supposed to play in the league, did not play in the league. One of the best documentaries in sports history with Through the Fire. He played 12 years, but he never played meaningful basketball in 12 years, dog. Fighting a gun case right now. Sebastian Telfair, him and LeBron were standing back to back on Sports Illustrated and Slam. You mean to tell me that LeBron James is one of the best basketball players in NBA history and Sebastian Telfair is fighting a gun charge right now, dog? I want to cut the damn zoom off. Number five for me, uh, make this short and sweet. Shane Foster. <laughs> I was high on Shane Foster, man, on that. Uh, because this, this is the year right after Mario Moore left. So I was still watching and still going to games. Tough. Shane Foster, 6'8 six, six, guard. I mean, 6'8 shooting guard. What? 6'6 six, six, shooting guard. Can shoot the lights out. Then I sit there and watch him singing night play against Jamar Gordon and, ha- and, and go 6'6 six for six from three-point line on singing night. I said, yeah, that's old me. He got drafted to the Dallas Mavericks. And I remember calling Jack said, I need to get Shane Foster's jersey. Jason, they don't make that jersey. <laughs> they don't make that jersey. And true enough, I can't find that. You can't find this on eBay right now today. You ain't gonna find that jersey. Six twenty two customs got you, big. <laughs> so uh, yeah, Shane Foster, man. Ah, wait, he let me down. Well, see this right here, you you be too emo- emotionally invested. My 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 fifth one is the same. Five is Jays. I, I, I'll say somebody else just because, but just to say something back to Sebastian, um, that's got to be one of the biggest wrongs in sports. Like you, everybody was sold on that. Like there was no, there was it, was he going to Louisville or was he going pro? That was the only question. Was he going to Louisville or was he going pro? That was the only question. And then, indeed, he did. He did have a pro career. He did play, but the fact that it wasn't what we thought. That is, that's still tough. To this day, it's still tough. Now, this was more of a personal, just because I I love to watch him play in Memphis. And I I just thought he was going to be Ben Wallace. I thought that he was going to be Ben Wallace 2.0. He was going to be a defensive player of the year candidate. He was going to get you rebounds. He was going to be one of those guys you just had to have on your team because that's what he was in Memphis. He couldn't score. But Joey Dorsey. <laughs> 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 Joey Dorsey was gonna get to the league. Have a, he, it, bro, he didn't even have a cup of coffee. Yo, he, he got a Houston Rockets jersey, and it was on his way at that point. It was over. It was over. But as far as personal players, like in college, I love to watch Joey because it was effort every time. He made sure he was always in the right spot. And I said, you know what? At the next level with the right team, they can find somewhere to put him, and he can play. Like he can, he can do. He gonna do whatever coach asked him to do. But it just didn't work out for him. So he was one of Mr. Dorsey in, in, in Memphis, what they called him. 
I, I love to watch the kid play. I, I wish it would have worked out for him. But my, my real five was Sebastian Telfair because of all things. But Joey Dust was definitely an honorable mention. Hey, get some players we left out. Part two. Yeah. It's some part two. Part it two. is a part two. Because, oh. man, woo, yeah. those are the ones. Did you do for me? Yeah. yeah he, did, he did two in a row, remember? Oh, Sebastian and Perry. Perry. Yeah. yeah. Perry Jones III. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Perry he Jones out, III. He left, he left out K. Felder. Remember K. Felder, coach? <laughs> I, I wasn't high on K. Felder, dog. I wasn't high on K. Felder. How, how, how do I even know about him, K. Felder, Jay? Because he played for the Cavs. When you left out, but we all left left a few out. Um, yeah, we, I ain't gonna say it since we're gonna talk about doing a part two. I'm gonna let you use him on part two. <laughs> <laughs> no, coach, tell him, tell him who it was. Coach, say it. We're doing a part two. I'm, I'm we gotta do the NFL before we do it. Before we do the NBA again, though. Know? Some more misses in that NFL, dog. Hello. It ain't Hello. Hello. I don't think I got no more misses in the NFL. Yeah, you're the with your questions. <laughs> right. The tweeters with questions throughout the week in full sport press. Don't forget to comment and give us a thumbs up or a thumbs down on the YouTube page, on the iTunes page. Please rate and subscribe. But more importantly, man, don't forget to tell a friend. To tell a friend. Tell a friend. Tell a friend. Weezy. Everything paid for, baby. Close lot. Get a drummer song. Yeah. Camera's always on, brother. The Revolution will be podcast. The cameraman, we are out. Life moves pretty fast. If you don't stop and look around once in a while, you could miss it. Thank you for listening to the Full Sport Press Podcast. To catch up on prior episodes, visit the SoundCloud page. And don't forget to tell a friend to tell a friend. The Revolution will be podcasted. <laughs>